Hey everyone, Jack here. Um, episode number 65 of the TNC podcast. Wow, things are flying by at the moment and I'm really enjoying filming this podcast. I really, really am. This week we've got Nick Mascheter on. If you don't know who Nick Mascheter is, he's the Midlands um, football writer and also covers athletics uh, and England under-21s for the Press Association. Uh, but he's a Norwich City fan and has been all his life. And over the past 18 months since I've got to know Nick and and got to know what he does. He's Mr. Reliable when it comes to Norwich City. He's been absolutely on the money with everything he's said uh, since Stuart Webber came in and, and Daniel Farker, this whole kind of um, change we've gone about at the club. So definitely get to know him on Twitter um, because he's a good guy to, to follow. This is a fascinating chat though. We spoke for well over an hour. Um, lots to talk about this week. You know, sort of the 18 months that Farco's been in, has has it gone the way that, that Nick expected it to? Of course, we've got the recent form. That's now three wins in three in, in a week. We're up into the playoffs. We've got Ipswich to talk about, Matt Gill and Paul Lambert going there. And also the upcoming week, we've got a cup game and, a, and another important league game. So it's, it's non-stop at Norwich City at the moment. And, and this hopefully is a really good episode for you to... To, the, to devour. Um, it might sound a little different this week. We were filming in a brewery, which was awesome, uh, but it was a bit noisy. So apologies if it is a bit distracting, but I think it's still good. Uh, I think you can still hear it. We put a lot of effort into the visuals this week as well. So head over to YouTube uh, if you want to look how it looks and, and look what and see what Nick looks like. That's always good. Um, but yeah, thanks for the support. We're trying to evolve. We've had a few hiccups recently, but um, yeah, we're trying our very, very hardest, and, and I hope you guys can see that. So yeah, Nick Master, episode 65. Enjoy this one. Hello and welcome back to episode number 65 of the TNC podcast. New settings for Talk Norwich City in Red World Brewery this time. We've got a lot to talk about. Three wins in three over the past week for Norwich City. And to join us to dissect all things Canaries is Press Association, Midlands writer and Norwich City fan in the know. Mr. Nick Mashita. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> Not bad. You good? You Thanks for coming yeah. down. Um, some say that Talk Norwich City... Can't yep, organise we'll a piss up at a brewery, but we can certainly organise a podcast at <laughs> a brewery, Chris. We can absolutely love Redwell. Norwich Pilsner, patterns of play. Lots Cheers. to talk about. Nick, you're home. Um, mm. You were at the game yesterday. Good time to be home. Good time to be watching Norwich City. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously with my Midlands role, with my hat on as well, it would be remiss not to obviously send our best to, to Leicester City after, mm. after what happened yesterday. Uh, you know, an absolute tragedy. Yeah. Probably the darkest day in, in, the, in the club's history as well. And, you know, sort of the thoughts with, with everybody because it's a fantastic club with a lot of great people. Um, obviously, we can't speculate on what's happened, but you know, it's, uh, it's important to keep them in our thoughts. One hundred percent. Yeah, and, and also Glenn Hoddle as well. Thoughts go out to, to Glenn Hoddle. Um, but let's move to Norwich City. A win over Brentford. That's that's positive for Daniel Farker's men. Yeah, um, wasn't a classic. Um, it's nice that they can grind it out as well as trying to be easy on the eye um, in earlier games. So. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it. I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, at the start, at the end of September, I, I felt that if they could get through this period, this month, and still be in, in and around the top six, you can get a little bit more excited about mm. things. Um, pleasantly surprised, but but remain cautious. Um, I think just I still feel that they can. That they, it's it's not a brilliant league. It's not an, it's a fairly average league. I think, which is why we're seeing to give them their credit, not to you know do do them too much of a disservice. Just why arguably Norwich just are, are up there. They're playing well. They're winning the games. They're doing what they mm. need to do. It's not a brilliant league. 
couple of a couple of defeats, you're back down to kind of um, you know mid table. So I mean, I've said that before, and I and I do agree. But you look at the, the likes of Aston Villa, who you, who you know very well, the likes of Stoke, they've spent a lot of money, and yet they struggle. And, and Norwich have almost had that issue before, haven't we? In terms of having a very valuable squad on paper, but not performing this year. Arguably, it's one of the worst sides we've had in a while. If you look at it solely on paper, but we're performing so well. Yeah, it's, it, it seems to have clicked. It, it, whether it's whether you, you know, the, the, the young lads, obviously Lewis um, and Aaron's on, on, this, on the either side of the defence, they've come in at the same time, pretty much performed excellently. Um, when they started to go through, you know, go through the gears a little bit more, Hookie has started off exceptionally well for something you know nobody would have said okay right you now you've got potentially a 15 goal striker out of that move yeah. so things have clicked things are working long may they continue but um, I don't I said we'll wait, and, wait until the end of October to get too excited maybe we should wait until the end of May to be too excited so. <laughs> Chris on paper October was a tough month we discussed it yeah. about a month ago you know it was Nottingham Forest it was Aston Villa it was Brentford three tough games three good teams we're up against I think you said you'd be happy with six points I said I think I'd be happy with five points <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's nine points can you dare to drink now? Uh, I'm trying not to get carried away. I want to, but I'm trying not to. I think that we're showing all of the right signs of being a fantastic football team. And I think that it will be hard to keep this momentum up. I saw at the back end of the Brentford game, and, and actually in the Aston Villa game, some tired legs. Um, Daniel Farkas seems to be quite stubborn in terms of his substitutions. He doesn't want to rotate it too much, and fair enough, because he, he's winning games of football. When you've got youngsters on the pitch that are playing literally every minute of every game, we're going to have to rotate sooner or later. Um, and for me, that's what we now have to do to press on and remain high up the league. Definitely. I mean, Nick, on September the 29th, you know, if you tweet something, that thought will never go. Um, on September the 29th, you tweeted, great to see Norwich in form, but personally still cautious, as you've said. Still believe this team has the potential to go naught for 5 Would love to be proved wrong. Still lots to be ironed out. After the past three games, are you a little less cautious about this Norwich side? Possibly. Um, it goes for every team in the league, I think, who, who could hit a sticky patch. Mm. Norwich aren't. Uh, unique in, in that sense I, th I think the manager works them quite hard um, obviously you know his substitutions don't come quite later on in the games don't they um, they, they run extremely hard for him as well I think in training that's no different yeah. um, have they physically got the legs mm -hmm. to, to, to do that and continue it um, that's that's something that only time will tell. They might be, I mean, they're all professional athletes. They might be one. They might be honed to perfection for this season. If they're still running running their legs off in uh, you know the end of February, then you know we can look at it and go, yeah, okay, everything's working, everything's clicking. Um, can they maintain it? Can they maintain uh, the intensity? I mm. guess um, that is a question only um, you know time will answer. Chris, I think Daniel Farker said in his press conference before Brentford against Aston Villa, March Light around 14 kilometres. It was one of the highest seen in the league. And as, and as Nick says, to maintain that standard will be tough. The squad depth seems to be there, doesn't it? We've, we've got players in, in pretty much every position. We're a little bit light on the wing. We're a little bit light up top. But overall, I mean, we're still missing Hanley. We're still missing Pookie. We're still missing McLean. Yep. Once they come back, yep. there's a bit of depth there, isn't there? I still personally feel like we're playing our second string squad at the moment. I honestly do. I, I feel like you've got players like Steepman in there. 
you've got we're still playing the youngsters, which are amazing. They're becoming first team players, but effectively we're playing our second team in the cup. I mean, Jordan Rhodes is starting every cup game, which is a fantastic luxury to have. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens in January, given the youngsters being put on contract extensions. Of course, the financials coming out of the club of late to me seems interesting shall I say mm. so let's see how it goes but at the moment I'm feeling great October was a massive test to beat Forest in the form they were in at home their record at home is excellent that's the one I'm most impressed with I told you that we'd beat Brentford I told you we'd beat Brentford I don't think they're as good as everyone's making out I think, yeah I think they're a good side I do think they're punching above their weight um, and to beat Aston Villa is very impressive considering the, the amount of money that they've spent on their team the only thing that worries me at the moment Jack is we're winning games by one and that's okay and it's great but I feel like at the moment all you need is one stoke dodgy own goal that, that doesn't go your way I mean Tim Crawl admitted it in his post-match press conference against Brentford that you know the luck, luck was on our side because of course he made two fantastic saves but then their, their ridiculously informed striker then hit the bar and that should be going in the back of the net so I think we could be riding our luck if I was to be a bit sceptical and I'd like to see us grab games by the scruff of the neck a lot earlier personally but they're not they're not, um, they're not relying on a moment of magic or a mistake this year which I think is the is, is the difference yeah. from, from, from last year mm. um, I, I don't I don't get to the games as often as I'd like but the ones I do see certainly last year they were so so pedestrian yeah. it got, they, they didn't actually seem to be an end game almost you know you get to sort of the last the last third we go back across and you know, it'll be a shot from distance or anything like that. They were relying on somebody popping one in from 30 yards, whether it was Madison or somebody else. That is not happening this year. Mm. And that is that is what we can see, the work that is coming in. I said you cannot judge uh, this project, if you want to call it that, or the manager um, for 18 months. We're coming up to that. That is next excellent. It's 18 months um, in November. So this is now where to start judging him slightly more harshly I guess and, and, and what's changed Nick because you tweeted it I tweeted it after walking out of Portman Road we'd just drawn 1-1 and I think we'd pretty much scraped the point now I don't think we really deserved the point you said even still to be happy with a point in Ipswich Town shows how far Norwich have dropped Ipswich mm -hmm. now lie rock bottom of the table we'll get on to them in a moment um, Norwich up to or into the playoffs we looked so poor against them so pedestrian and within six weeks two months we're suddenly a team that, that people will fear. What what's changed at Norwich City? Time. Is it, just, is it just, just time? I think he just did. Tim Krull, for instance. Lots of questions over him at the start of the season. A couple of howlers, some mistakes, cost the goals. But he, he barely played for mm, what, a year or two. Now you're seeing somebody's a little bit more solid, a little bit more confident. It just takes time. But the, but the and in football, you don't get it, of course. And this is... The big difference, obviously, we've seen Paul Hurst leave this week at Ipswich. Norwich have stuck to their guns and said, this is what we're going to do. This this is going to work for us, we hope. But there is a plan in place. Ipswich panicked after the 14-15 games. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been sort of following or covering Norwich City since Stuart Webber came in, appointed Daniel Farker. Where did you think Norwich would be after 18 months, where we are now? If I would have said to you 18 months ago, in 18 months' time, where will Norwich City be? What style of football will they be playing? What would you have said to me then? Not top six. Um, I wouldn't have expected. You had to write last season off. Okay. They, the club, will, will, you can't, you know, totally they, they can't, the club can't come out and say, we're going to give this season a pass, everybody. Mm. But the amount of changes on and off the pitch that happened and 
by the way, needed to be made. Somebody needed to come in and make those changes like Stuart Weber has done. Yeah. Somebody needed to shake things up. It was, it was too easy for a lot of people for too, lo- too long a time. Um, so forget last season. Um, to finish 14th, I think it was. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Um, probably about part of the course where, when there's so much change coming on. Um, this this year we are seeing the changes. We are we are seeing progression, and that's all people want to see. Um, I think there could have been. I really do believe there could have been a revolt. I think when Alex Neil left, things and things changed. Things needed to be changed. Um, but the fans could have turned around and said, "You spent four of the last five seasons in the I think it was that foot in the Premier yeah. League. You've blown it." You had your chance, and you guys, you really, really blew it. Yeah. Um, where's the money gone? Why are we now scraping around and signing players for two thousand, three thousand pounds a week, which they were? Um, what have you done? But the club did very well. They, they re-engaged with the, the the press locally, especially. That was vital. Yeah. Um, to get the message out there, to 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 get everybody on side, you need to to engage. You need to get people in that in the sort of the bosom, mm. almost, <laughs> so they can understand what is going on and why and yeah. why these changes are being made and how long it was going to take. Um, going back to your original question, um, I think if if you'd said they'd be be top ten. I could, have, I could have sort of got on board with that and, and understood. Um, some will be disappointed with that because of um, because they they should be. I arguably I think they should still be in the Premier League because they, 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 they messed up. They messed up, and that's the biggest frustration for me. Yeah. What, what should Norwich City fans actually expect this season? Is it fair that Norwich City fans should expect to be in the playoffs this season? Because we vocalised it a lot. I say we, all we, I expect us to be in the playoffs this season I, I just feel like but that's historic that that's season. historical isn't it that's that's because they're Norwich City that's the name that's the, the, the brand almost isn't it that's where we've traditionally been either in the Premier League or, or flirting with the playoffs mm. for the last five five or six years I guess you know probably since what you know, 2010 2011 so maybe a bit longer um, and, but now it's a different it's a, it's a different it's a different Norwich and it has to be. It's a different Norwich now. So you can't say they're Norwich City. They deserve to be X, Y, and Z. They deserve to be here. They're going to be here. They're not. You know, it, it, it is just a question of, you know, seeing how things develop over time. And we are seeing, we are seeing progress. It's, it's more to the fact that you, you said they're quite rightly so about writing last season off completely. And that's why it's not the Norwich City brand. And, and do you... Is there a position that you expect North City to reach as a, as a minimum this season? Can I squeeze out of you? <laughs> um, top 10 would be progress, wouldn't it? Um, if, you, if you look at the way they're playing on the pitch, um, uh, um, where they finished last season, anything above 14th would be progress. Um, I think it's an average league. So if, if, they, ca- if they can maintain it um, and get into the playoffs, they will have massively overachieved. And but- I don't think I'm going to insult anybody's intelligence at the club by saying that. Yeah, in, in terms of saying finishing 10th would be improvement, of course it would be. But having looked at the finances last week when the accounts were released, do you think Norwich City have that time? I'm just saying if we're in the championship for another season, I know I said this last year, but would we be able to still field a competitive side next year if we've, if you know, there's no parachute payments and another season without Premier League TV revenue? Mm-hmm. If we stayed in this league for another season, competitiveness surely then drops off a little bit. Not necessarily. I think you've got people at the club now with their head screwed on. 
I don't think if you know. Is that number four? Oh, not necessarily. I'm not going to name any names, of course. <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be fair. But yeah. um, you look at the work that Stuart Weber has done, um, uh, and and you have to say that they're, they're, they're doing the right things. Um, if they, they they need to be more, they need to be creative yeah. in the transfer market when you're talking about being competitive. And we have, uh, and, and and they are doing that. They are being that. So I think you can kind of, sort of look at that and go. When they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, there are going to be some ones that don't work. Franca, husband. You know, there's, got that there's, yeah. there's probably some bias remorse with some of them, I'm sure. Um, but it's not going to be um, the case that they're going to spend. That they're spending a lot of money, Stephen Naismith, and it's they're they're, they're losing a, a hell of a lot on on one player. Yeah, Marley Watkins didn't work out. Freebie. Wouldn't have come in on big money, but they got a million pounds for it. Yeah. So, calculated risks they're taking, but they are more calculated than they were before. Definitely. Chris, let's look at Brentford again yesterday. I think we were both fairly critical of Emmy Buendia when we first signed him. We said he might be, has the potential to be the next Sergi Canos. Yes, I think, did, I think yeah. that's what he called him. And, and Sergi's gone on to have a nice little career since us. But we, we took the mick out of him yesterday. He wasn't great yesterday, but in general, Emmy Buendia yesterday, a beautiful finish. Yeah. And also, I think more impressive for me, his defensive work. I think there was a stat that said he made more defensive tackles than anyone else on the pitch yesterday. Wonderful stuff from him. For, for me, what I love about watching Emmy play is his aggression. And actually, I don't think it's just Emmy. I think the whole squad have instilled this aggression, this tempo, this forward momentum. And we're not just doing this slow, negative, kind of defensive way of football now. I think when you've got em- someone like Emmy on is, is Daniel Farker's dream player because he is doing the, the dirty work at the back as well. He is effectively, I think we said, he's kind of like a second right back because Matt Aaron's bombs on as he does. And then he comes in behind very, very nicely. And his finish yesterday was exquisite. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I verbally called it something else yesterday, which it was. But um, yeah, for me, Emmy, very, very impressive. I still think he needs to keep his head down and work hard. I'm impressed that he's picked up English as quickly as he has. Mm. He's speaking some great English now, which helps. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I'm just ex- I'm just excited. There's a lot of players. And going back to your, your, your former question, Jack, I actually think that the majority of the players that are performing for us is actually the freebies, the youth. I don't think our squad is is performing off the basis of paying tons of money. I think the only one that you could possibly highlight is Jordan Rhodes. I think he is delivering and he obviously is costing us a fair fucking wages, possibly. But for me, I'm I'm okay. I'm kind of quite optimistic with it. And so long as they continue their strategy in the transfer market in January, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, Emmy Wendia has everything on paper, just like Canos. Canos had everything. Um, but it's about applying that on a consistent basis. But arguably as well, Will Emi Buendia be able to stay in his team considering that the injuries at the moment, that's, that's for us to debate. I suppose Emi's one thing, Nick, but there's a certain cohesion about this squad, isn't there? I think last year, the, the majority of our goals came from James Madison this year. I think our top scorer is only on six goals in Timmy Plucky. So many players have scored goals this year. So many players have chipped in with assists. It's a real cohesion about the squad at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't want to sound like the broken record, but it is just time. It is just You can't expect things to go like that overnight. Um, and, and work out you, you, you get into the stage where you can start looking at things and going well that's working that's not working let's change it a little bit in, in, in terms of the season um, but the, you know the, the managers are 
had 18 months to now start implanting and imprinting his his ideas and his ideals. If they weren't working now, I'd be concerned. Mm. If they weren't, um, if there wasn't improvement, I know there's, you know, at the start of the season, there were a lot of people doubting, you know, saying, well, he should go, we need the change. Mm. Um, but it's working. Yeah. On paper and on the pitch, it is working at the minute. Long may that continue. So I still have my doubts um, <laughs> just because that's general Norfolk um, classic optimism is, of the glass is it, half Is empty. it just that or, or is there something, you know, in the back of your mind saying something still isn't quite right and that's why you've got that caution or is it simply Norfolk pessimism? Uh, it's, it's, it's what having watched Norwich for all my, all my life. Um, but say if you were a neutral and you were and you were and, and the situation was like this at Villa, you know, you've, mm. you, you've got your journalist hat on and yeah. this is happening there. Would you still have that feeling, or is it because you've 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 watched Norwich for so long and you know that it? Oh, it's, goes I think it's definitely up. with my fan hat on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although if it was at Villa, then um, you'd still be cautious, just given <laughs> yeah. given how how things have gone there over the last few years. Mm. Um, so. I want it to continue. It, it, it would be wonderful. Are they, they are nowhere near ready for the Premier League mm. in terms of a team and, and the club set up as a whole. But if if, if, you, if you did it and went down with 100 yeah. or so million quid in your back pocket, well, then, they're, doing, they're, they're, they're not going to argue about it. So. That's what Cardiff are doing right now in the Premier League, aren't they? They botched their way up, they botched the transfer market, and now look what's happening. So. Chris, let's talk about Jordan Rhodes. Um, came in, I must admit, I wasn't too sure. He's, he's, he's done okay. Um, only two players since 2001 have missed two penalties in a season. Can you name them players for me? No. David, Darren, David Nielsen? I've got down Darren Huckabee and Wes Hoo-Ha. Okay. I remember, I remember Wes. I remember Wes. He did that horrific Shipping chip. Preston. Oh, yeah. my Lord. But in terms chip. of Rhodes, I mean... Look, let's, I, can I just say, right, I, we can talk about this whole penalty shenanigans, but it's not going to happen. It's Poogie's going to start and Poogie's going to bang them in. So it's not an issue. And I think that you, you saw the way that the, the squad reacted to, to Jordan missing that. You heard what Tim Cross said in his press conference. Half-time, they say to Jordan, you won the game for us on Tuesday night. We'll win it for you now, Sonny Jim. And that's just what happens. Everyone every now and then has an off day. If you look at Jordan Rhodes' record, you've seen the stats come out in the, in the media this week. Isn't he up there with like some of the best players in the English league system of how many goals he scored since 2015 or something, you know? The guy delivers goals. At the end of the day, he single-handedly won that game against Aston Villa because of the fact that he was so clinical and he used his intelligence to create that space to finish for, for the second goal. I'm not going to beat him up for missing a penalty because what will happen is Luki will take penalties from that one. And Jordan Rhodes, he's not just about scoring goals. And this is why, personally, in my opinion, I would love to see him up top with Puki. I would love it because he will create so much space for Puki. And I, we saw it earlier on in the season, Jack. They're winning headers. And Jordan Rhodes is still winning headers, by the way, which just shows just how intelligent he is. I'm not going to beat him up. He had an 8 out of 10 performance yesterday, despite his penaltiness. Was it a bold move, bringing Jordan Rhodes to the club? Clearly on, on fairly high wages for, for Norwich City. Um, hadn't really scored that many goals in the previous season. What have you made of him so far? Yeah, I think, I mean, you could argue that Grant Hanley was a bold move as well. Um, the way to structure at the time, I think they probably went a little bit of a little bit of above what they were probably paying a lot of players at the time when they brought Grant Hanley in. So, Jordan, it's not, it wasn't a surprise. Um, but they needed, they needed somebody who 
was that fox in the box, so to speak, who can win games like he did on yeah. Tuesday against Aston Villa. Um, it's not something they necessarily had last season. As we've said, they were waiting for somebody to pop one in from 20 yards. They were that goal on Tuesday for the second goal. Passed, you know, when it went from one side to the other, mm -hmm. lots of passes, and it, they were trying that last year. But they weren't getting in the area. Yeah, it was breaking down. Yeah. Now we see that happening, and they're getting goals out of it. And that and one of the reasons will be it's because they've got Jordan Rhodes in the area. Mm. Chris, I know all of our feet are firmly on the ground and maybe our heads are slightly in the, in the clouds a little bit. Beer cakes. Indeed. I'm just going to read you this stat from Norwich City numbers. The last time Norwich City betted their current tally of 27 points after 15 games was in the campaign of 2003 and 4. Hmm. That year, we went on to well, win the title. Could we do it again this year? By the way, what a season that was. Jury, County Hall, City Hall, County Hall. Either one, a hall. Jury, up there, Mackenzie, Huckabee. What a squad that was. Loved watching them play. Is this squad as good as that one? Uh, no. There you go. Why? No. Um, player for player, no. Uh, as as absolutely not. But as a team, um, I still don't think so. I think you look, you look at the cohesion, you talk about cohesion, you look at what they had as a squad togetherness. The, the, the spine yeah, that yeah. spine that they had in 2003 for Green Fleming Mackay yeah. Francis Mulrine yeah. um, you know Robert Suckerby Svensson yeah. McKenzie yeah. that this, that, team. That, that team would beat the, the 2018 generation hands down yeah I think for me as well I mean regardless of the, of the player talent you, we talk about this word passion we throw it around a lot I think we're getting there you can see this team cohesion you can see this team work ethic coming in I think Nick's right though. I think when you get to November, December, when the nitty gritty of the championship season comes in, it's Tuesday and Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday Cup, Tuesday, Saturday Cup, that's when you'll really be able to see whether this team has got the, the ethic of that team in 2003. Um, what's your question? North. Um, can, can we dare to dream this season? I think we can dare to dream, but I think we just need to be careful. I just think we just all need to try to calm down, take it game by game, month by month even, but let's not look at that end goal yet. Let's just keep chomp chomping at the bit, taking games away, taking games away, just like Brentford. That was a banana skin. That was a massive banana skin, and we've overcome it. And let's do that game on game. Um, one final thing, Nick, before we get into Twitter questions. Max Aaron's Todd Cantwell, Jamal Lewis. I've got another stat here. Max Aaron's becomes the youngest Norwich City player to start 10 consecutive league games since Craig Bellamy in April 1998. How impressed have you been with, with them three that have come through the academy? It's, it's not easy to come, come in and perform yeah. at that level for that long when you're that young. There will be an inevitable time where they're going to have to get taken out, whether it's all together at one time or individually for two games here, two games there, and then they're back in. They will they will burn out almost as well. So they've got to be a little bit careful on, on that respect. But you can't knock it. And I know he's, he's obviously moved to Ipswich with, with Paul Lambert, but I don't think um, Matt Gill, the, the former, former now under-23 coach, has, uh, has been given enough credit for, for what he has helped develop basically in the 23 system um, I think he, he would have he would have put his head on the block for a lot of these boys um, and uh, I think I think he, he deserves a, a, a huge amount of credit for what he's done I remember speaking to an agent about Cantwell a while back now I was at a 23, 23's game um, 
and I know we've spoken about Nunduns before, but he's, <laughs> he said if he was my player, I'd be telling him to get rid of him. <laughs> I was then going to ask yeah. you, actually, are you a fan of the man bun or the light the lines? Have you seen the light the lines? I'm back with a short back and sides. <laughs> short back and sides. <laughs> right, let's get into some Twitter questions. Okay, we'll get onto Twitter questions in a moment. But let's, uh, let, let's, let's go to Ipswich Town briefly. Chris, what a fascinating week for Ipswich Town. Paul Lambert going, Matt Gill going, and a 3-0 loss against Millwall as well. What have you made of, of what's going on down there at the moment? I mean, I'd just like to say at the start, I'd rather stack shelves at Tesco and cross the divide to work to it for Ipswich Town Football Club. I really would. And I think Nick's right. I think Matt Gill has done a fantastic job with the youth team. And I think if he'd been a wee bit more patient, he would have got an opportunity at a much better club than Ipswich Town. It's disappointing, but he's got around the living, so I respect that. He has been promoted effectively to first team football. I get that. Um, but I'm not, I'm not so worried about Lambert delivering throughout the season but hands up I will admit I'm worried about Lambert ending the curse I am worried I think he'll come to Car Road and he will do anything and everything it takes to beat us and that is going to be a very interesting moment in Norwich City season for me though I, I, I don't think he'll do well at Ipswich I really don't and I'd be very very surprised if you see Paul Lambert at Ipswich next season I really am Lambert since Norwich, Nick, has mm. been an interesting one, hasn't it? So, so good at Norwich and, and since then hasn't really done that much. And it kind of feels like last roll of the dice for both Ipswich and Paul Lambert. If this doesn't work for either of them, well... Yeah, you, I, I, you, you, whether Paul would like to turn the clock back to 2012 and, and make, make some different decisions, I don't know. Um, I'd like to see what he does with a stable club. So he's not had a stable club since he left Norwich. Yeah. Um, but surely that's history. his decision making yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, history shows he did an excellent job at Aston Villa regardless of what people say and I know the Villa fans will completely disagree with me on that one but he was bringing in players for £10,000 a week £12,000 a week League One players Championship players and he kept them up sometimes it wasn't pretty um, but he, he was talk, um, he, he was going on youth as well I think Benteke when he signed him he was 22, 23 Um and then he leaves. They spend fifty million pounds in the summer under Tim Sherwood, and they go down. Paul <laughs> Lambert would not have taken them down with fifty million pounds. Mm. Paul, I don't think Paul would have been given in the three years he was there or so. He, I don't think he would have had fifty million pounds to spend a, a, over the course of that time. So is that because he wasn't trusted, or no? Mm. I think it was it was um, the policy at the time. They were cut, they were stripped. They were stripping everything back. They were cutting back. So, and that was his decision to go there and take that job. Um, Blackburn, the owners, uh, we have all seen that situation yeah. there. Wolves, they were changing um, ownership at the time as well. He, uh, I think he probably would have stayed there if not if that wasn't the case. Um, Stoke, they were heading down, um, mm. and we're still seeing the, the the legacy and the hangover at Stoke this season as well. So it's a very difficult dressing room as well that's been publicised. So I'd like to see what he has can do at a stable club, but. Are Ipswich a stable club at the minute? Well, no, um, and, and that's the thing, Chris. He was in the stands yesterday with Matt Gill and, and alongside two of his oh, other. I love that picture, by the way, of him. Like, what am I watching? Him? Well, that's the thing. What's what's running through his head when he's seeing his side concede three goals to to a, to a bottom half championship team? I tell you exactly what's running through that through his head because he's a madman. He's a brave man and a madman, and he will be thriving off of this right now. Thriving. It's it's this is a classic Paul Lambert challenge. And, and I think that he'll be thriving off this pressure, off this atmosphere. And, and he doesn't really care what the fans think. He's very kind of like, 
it's my way or the highway. We're going to do it my way and it's going to work. And the Ipswich players will react one of two ways to that. And I think he'll galvanise that team. I do think he'll get that team together, even though their team are very substandard, League One quality, no doubt about that. But as Nick said, he's he's always signed League One players and done very well with them. You look at that famous Norwich City team that got promoted. Well, Pil- Pil- Pilkington went straight from League One to the Premier League. Well, yeah. How well did he do? After a very serious injury as well. Yeah. So he knows how to spot players like that. Absolutely. And I just and I think that he will get Ipswich together. He definitely will get Ipswich together. But what's going through, through Paul Lambert's head right now, he's probably looking at that team and going, blimey, this is going to be tough. But he will be loving every second of it. Do we think it's last throw of the dice for Paul Lambert if he screws this up? Is it is it sort of game over for him? Yeah, there's, 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 there's always jobs for managers and managers will always want jobs. It's, mm. it's, you could do as badly as you wanted to at one club and you're still there's every chance that you're going to get another job um, a, way, a little way down the road. So not necessarily. Um, he can, he can only, he can only enhance things at Ipswich, you know, uh, obviously unless they go down. But as it stands, they're bottom. The only way in the, in the current season is up for them so you're right Chris I think you, you remember casting mind back to when they went to Colchester and won 5-0 bog of a pitch of like, he, he, mm. he loved that he he came out for the start of the game deliberately late I think and and the folk, the, all the attention was on him he, he, he soaked that up I think and I think we haven't seen that little sort of glint in his eye I think if you want to say mm, if true, you want to call it that true. for quite a long time and I think that is one of the biggest reasons why he could succeed there. Um, Mick McCarthy's work only gets better by the day. Yeah, obviously, and, <laughs> yeah. you know he's he's he continues to enhance his reputation even though he's not working at the minute. It, as I said before, Ipswich panicked. Um, they they wanted to try something different. I'm very surprised that Paul Hess didn't work. I know a couple of players who played under Shrewsbury. I've spent time with him in Paul's company. Um, he's a very very good manager, and I wouldn't be surprised if if, if he was being looked at by Norwich should things have gone a different way maybe over the summer or things not worked out last season that would have been the same for a lot of other clubs as well if they're looking at Paul Hurst massively overseas for Shrewsbury last season um, will they live to regret the, the change we'll, we'll, we'll see but I, I think Paul Lambert can I think Paul Lambert can make it work there I mean, the only- I've got to say I've got to come in Jack the thing with Lambert is you, and any team full stop you've got to have some talent You've got to have one standout player that you can rely on. Brentford have got it. They've got their striker. They're relying on him. You can polish a turd, but you can't polish diarrhea. And at this, I mean, this current state of play, Ipswich Town of diarrhea. It's as simple as that. Lambert has got a near or impossible job to get Ipswich going again. Can he do it? Yes, he can. But he's going to scrape it. He really is going to scrape it. Because they've got... No, honestly, do you look at a single player in their team and think... They're a I, mean, they've, I mean, they've got player. two international players, haven't they? And Pilikowski and Nudson. Well, he's clearly not that good because he's been on their bench. Valid point. Valid. I, th- I think the only thing we, we do know for sure, Nick, is the derby in February is going to be a, a very feisty affair. He, st- he started the run, didn't he? He started the 10 years. Um, yeah. Famously. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him to end it at he's all. End it. At all. I would, not, I would not put it past him. Um... I hope he doesn't. Yeah, I'd right. like to. I've got. I've got a lot of time for him. Um, okay. I would like to see him succeed, but not too much at Ipswich, okay. obviously. All right, then. Uh, let's go on to some Twitter questions. Let's start with Willemots. Uh, good to see Willemots back. And um, he asks, "Are we gambling by not offering Daniel Farker a new contract yet? Uh, contract runs out in the summer. 
I believe. Yeah. Should there be a new contract on the table? What's what's the what's the situation with that? I think they've just got to be prudent um, and pragmatic just mm. to, to sort of see where things are. I wasn't surprised at all that there wasn't there was nothing signed in the summer. Um, you, you need to see how things pan out. They can't leave it particularly long because there's the sort of uncertainty breeds uncertainty. Um, will they will they go into kind of the last couple of months of the season? I'd be surprised if they don't make a decision. It's a hard decision as well. It's not been an overwhelming success, but it's uh, as it stands, it is becoming a success. So. If you get to if you get to February time and they're up and around, um, I think that's probably going to be probably the time where, where decisions are going to have to be made. Um, what decision? I, I don't know yet. Let's get to Christmas. Right now, would you offer Daniel Farker that show, a new tree? No, 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 no. I wouldn't right now. But let's get to Christmas. Really? Let's get to Christmas. I wouldn't offer it to him right now. Nick's right. I, overall, it's been okay. Get to Christmas. Joe Denton asks, do you think Farker has found his starting 11? Um, I believe bringing in Hernandez for Stieperman, put Todd Cantwell Central would be perfect for us. It's, it seemed in that first season that Daniel wasn't overly sure what his starting 11 was. It's been a little bit more consistent this season. Are you happy with what you're seeing on the pitch in terms of that, that, that lack of change at the moment? Yeah, look, continuity is great because that, that will only help. I mean, we go back to the... 2003-4 title winning sides that, that, barely, that barely changed didn't it yeah. um, some of it might have been a little more luck than judgement I wrote in the summer that Steeperman was on the chopping block um, probably rightly so um, so he's come in has he, he turned it around yeah he has um, in, in terms of sort of the performances that he's, he's put in um, so you can argue that well <laughs> Has he has had he found it in the summer because he was going to let somebody who's performed very well this season go and was prepared to at least. So, um, it, it, as I said, it can only be a good thing to have continuity. Um, they're doing very well without some some of their players that you would have said right, these are nailed on to start. Hanley, Pookie, for instance. Um, I think Buendia will eventually eclipse Hernandez. Um, really interesting yeah. um, what makes you say so, that I think I think he's got all the attributes I think from, from what I've seen of Hernandez and unfortunately I don't, as I said don't get to the games as much as I like to uh, from what I see um, I think Hernandez can, can be slightly more haphazard shall okay. we say yeah. I think there might be a little bit more method to, to Buendia's madness okay um, Chris, next question. Nathan Henderson, um, if we go up next year, so we really are jumping to the yeah. if we go up next year, what players do you think would be worth keeping and possibly starting at the Prem? Nick said we're, we're definitely not ready for the Premier League. Are there any players in that starting eleven that could make the step up? God, that's a really strange question given our current situation. Um, I think it'll be really hard on our youngsters. I think it'll be a bit of a reality check for them because I do think the reason why they are performing exceptionally well is because we're in the championship. Um, I look at a player like Steepman, I think that in the Premier League, he would easily be found out. I'm already, I've kind of got a bit of a vendetta against him at the moment, to be honest with you. I think he's been great for us. Yes, I do think he's been a bit of a revelation of late. Yes, I do think he's... He's upped his game and he deserves to be in the starting lineup. But for me, he's just too selfish on the ball. There's far too many times I watch him where it's just such an obvious pass. Yes, he's in charge of carrying the ball forwards, but I, I just think he, too, he makes too many mistakes. Um, and I think for me, 
a player like Stephen would struggle in the Premier League massively. Um, players that would be okay in the Premier League, I think Piggy would do some damage in the Premier League. I do. I think he's he offers something completely different. I think he offers something that Premier League d- defence you know wouldn't expect. Um, Buendia and Andes, I think those types of players can do damage and they would be okay. Strange question though. Um, the, 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 full, the fullbacks at Premier League class, they will be. They will be consistent Premier League players. Yeah. Um, Even pre- at their young age. Yeah, there's Premier League interest in both of them. Um, Chelsea and Arsenal are interested in Aaron's. There's, there's other Premier League clubs sniffing around Lewis. So um, they will be. They, they are the next cab off the rank in terms of Norwich being a selling club at yeah. the minute. And, and just in terms of their current guys, that's where they are as, as, it, as it stands. Those guys will bring in twenty million quid for the for the club, and that's and that's a wonderful segue. It's almost like you've done this before. Yellow's Vision asks: With so many young players making breakthroughs this season, should we fear losing several players uh, in the next few windows if we don't go up? I feel we have to go up if we want to hold on to our young talent. It's inevitable. It's it's back to the cycle of not quite having to sell you know Darren Eady to keep the club afloat, um, but. Um, where they are it is just inevitable. Like Norwich eclipsed Chris Martin, for instance, and Corey Smith, when when, when Norwich had just went into the stratosphere for going League One to Premier League. If Norwich had stayed in the Championship, then Chris Martin and, and, and Corey Smith would probably have had a, a lot longer and, and brighter careers at Norwich than they did have. So. <laughs> Norwich had traditionally, over the last twenty years at least, always been a, a selling club to, to the bigger to the bigger clubs. That's not going to change uh, unless Delia wins the lottery, um, or, or they or they go up. Um, so yeah, you just I think you just have to get your head around it that these guys will yeah. leave, um, but trust in the fact that there are contingency plans and forward-thinking plans in place when they do leave. When we have investment, that's when fans can moan that we're selling players. But at the moment, we have to sell players to survive. That's how, the reality. How much longer Let's will just fans enjoy them whilst we've got them. Well, before, before frustration starts. That's a big question. I, look, for me, I, I think everyone knows we, we need investment now, but we've got to make deal with what we've got. And what we've got now is a very passionate Norwich City fan in charge of our football team that will do everything she can to keep us afloat. And if that means selling top talent, we're going to have to do it. But the squad depth is there. And you look at the, the, the youth ranks now coming through now, I'm really excited about seeing the next players mm. come through. There's some fantastic players that are waiting for their opportunity and I think we'll be fine. And there's a pathway as well. We haven't seen yeah. yes, the, the, yes, yes. the sort of the, the conveyor belt moving to this scale for a long, long time. Um, these guys do well. They can claim Angus Gunn a little bit in terms of his development. Um, but we haven't seen it on, on the scaffold possibly ever. They're getting the money in, um, the Murphys. I mean, when was the last time? I mean, Norwich have never brought in that kind of money for their academy players. Yeah, you do that. And when you're looking to attract the next lot, um, either getting them into like, like Ben Godfrey, for instance, or, or, or something like that, to say, look, you come here, you will get the chance if you are good enough and we don't go up or, or, or there's a change of circumstances whatever on that you will get the chance to move up to the next level whether it's with us or not so there's a massive selling point for the club and their academy at the moment I tell you what that does as well Jack is it it actually it puts the experienced players on their toes as well because they're like well hang on a minute if I don't perform that's just taking my place Pinto is a living breathing example of them 
And I think that that's just so healthy for the squad. It's so, so healthy. It's great to see. Right, let's move on. Tim Hurtley, um, why are we still getting put out of the promotion race by pundits saying other teams are better than us and then, uh, we've made a lot of teams look, um, a lot of teams and top players look average, e.g. Villa and Middlesbrough. Personally, I think Daniel Farker has enforced an excellent team spirit, unlike other clubs. Nick, you said you're still cautious. Respond to Tim, argue your point. Why are we still getting put out of the playoff race by pundits? I think it's easy for pundits who don't see the club or don't see the team to kind of sort of go, well, it's Norwich, there's been a massive change over the course of the last 18 months. Of course, they're not going to last the pace. I'd love them to last the pace, but brilliant. I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, in terms of the, the bigger spenders, there's always going to be, if, if they're not looking massively in depth and what, what annoyed me so much during Norwich's time in the Premier League when he did go on match of the day there didn't really seem an awful lot of analysis yeah. um, <laughs> on, on, on sort of how, yeah, Norwich, how, how Norwich played and, uh, and, uh, and what they did so I think it's probably to be expected that, that people dismiss them um, I'm, I know I've, I've appeared to dismiss them a little bit as well myself but um, it would be, I think they'll be they will finish they will finish higher than bigger spending teams this season Definitely. Will they will they finish in the top six? I still don't think so. Seeing a glint in your eye, Nick, I think you're aiming really low and thinking anything oh, more. Prepare is, for is the a worst really and then everything's <laughs> you okay. Did with your score I did. prediction. Yeah, I did. One one. One yeah. one. One one. And then when you win, it's even better. It's even Very better. Uh, Ray Hicks, uh, with January fast approaching, what position should Norwich try and strengthen in the transfer window? Um, for me, I, I do. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Depends on the formation. It, it does depend on the formation that we play. If, if Farker sticks with his with his current formation, I think for me we need to be looking at uh, of kind of bringing in something up front. I, I kind of feel like I don't I don't think Dennis Rebetti's got it. I'm so sorry to all the you know saluting Srebeni and all the, the Srebeni fans out there, but I just don't think he's cut out for for, for great things at Norwich. I'm, I'm sorry, um, and and for me I'd quite like to bring in someone um, that we buy. Um, not a lone player um, that is young that wants to prove a point that's hungry but it depends on who we sell I think we've answered this question a couple of weeks ago it completely depends on who we sell look if we get rid of Nelson Oliveira and Stephen Naismith happy days let's spend some money if we don't calm down because at the moment I'm okay. I don't think we really need to do we? are you worried about any position in particular I'm not I think you we can no, not massively. Um, there, there is a drain on the club's resources, as, as you say, with, with Naismith, Oliveira. By the way, the big, I think the big black mark on Farker uh, this season is the way that he's handled Oliveira. Mm. I, I think if you, it, he's on around thirty thousand a week. Okay. If you um, handle the Fulham situation differently, and we're talking a long time ago, talking over a year ago, you could manage to maybe maybe patch things up he's difficult that's not I think everybody knows that it's he, he can be a character and, but there's a fantastic player in there I'm not saying there's anything wrong about being passionate and, uh, and, and, and difficult so to speak but um, I think he maybe needs an arm, more of an arm around the shoulder rather than a, a kick up the backside so I, th I, I don't think um, it's been handled as well as it could have been I'm sure there'll be people inside the club might disagree Is with me. Is that poor man management from Farker? Yeah, I think it might be. Right. Yeah. Um, you can't treat everybody the same. Mm. Some people, some players might might need a little kick. Others might need to kind of say, look, come on, now, if we can do this for me. And I, I don't think they've handled the, the, 
the Oliveira situation brilliantly. He had the opportunity to move in the summer, didn't. Um, so you can't blame Why was that. You can't blame the club for that. Um, but um, yeah, the, the the one the one thing I would question about uh, the the manager, the head coach, would be the handling of that situation. I think it's not just that situation, though, Nick. You look at the Russ Martin situation. Where's Hulahan? Where's Hulahan's situation? Farker doesn't like people. Um, he doesn't like players having too much power. That's very evident. And the younger players need to bow down to him to get their place in the team. I think Nelson Oliveira, I stand by I definitely think there's a quality player in there. I disagree with this. He's a bad egg thing. He's not a bad egg. He's just, he's just a bit lively, isn't he? I mean, we always bring this up. You look at a player like Diego Costa. These the players can be passionate. They can be lively. You know, you just need to control them in the right way. I think Nick, Nick's smashed it with that comment there. I think it's absolutely perfect. For me, how nice would it be now if we had Nelson Oliveira to play every single cup game for us? How, mm-hmm. how much of a lovely luxury would that be? We, we obviously heard from, from Russ and, and Russ says to me, you know, Nelson Oliveira is the most talented player in that Norwich City squad. And for someone of, of, of Russ's stature and, and status at the football club to say that, the proof's in the pudding, you know? Yeah. He's not so... That said, he's not somebody who might necessarily fit into the system either now. Correct. So you have to say horses for courses. If he's not part of the manager's plans, then he's not part of the manager's yeah. plans. Whether, however you manage him, basically, that that's, it doesn't doesn't make any difference. He wouldn't have scored the goal Jordan Rose would have scored against Aston Villa because he wouldn't have been in that position. So you have to say that he's been proved right in terms of the team selection and what they're doing this season because he's not featuring and they're doing well. Yep. So you can't dispute that. Have the club wasted an awful lot of money on it over the course of the last year? Yes. Um, could it have been handled differently? Possibly. So Does, is, is that a longer term issue though for, for Norwich City and that potential of a new contract for Daniel Farker? He's, he's evidently not able to, um, to handle these more powerful slightly more of a stature about them players if, if we were to get in the Premier League and I'm definitely talking ahead of myself here but you then get a different type of player coming in would Daniel Farker be able to handle them kind of players we'd have to wait and see I mean you, so far you, you, you'd say you're right with, with Russell Martin as well somebody who had a lot of you know history and, and inf- possibly even influence I guess in, you know, at the club um, but uh, so you have to say the evidence there of, of big characters, big personalities he may have struggled with. And, and there is nothing wrong with having that. They, football sometimes needs to have these characters. So I'm not, I'm not having a go at Nelson whatsoever. He needs to, he is who he is. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, so you have to say on the, on the purely based on those two, um, we, you have to question it. But and he's, he's, got, he's got another... 22 players who are singing to his tune at the minute so that you can't you can't argue against either Daniel Farker's adapting and, and look we, we've criticised him there with his man management but I will say one thing that I am blooming impressed with the Daniel Farker alone it's so simple at the end of the game he's applauding the fans yeah and the way he's communicating and the way that he's kind of he's clearly told the players you need to be interacting with the supporters you need to be seen to be passionate you need to give everything and I think Daniel Farker will admit himself, I'm sure, that 
he has had to adapt as a football manager. I think it's very different in Germany. I think people instantly play to the tune of the manager. And I, and I would make the assumption that you don't get too many players that are outside the box because in Germany, it's such a tactical thing. And it's not necessarily about the individual talent. It's a team sport. And I think in the English game, you see a lot more individual talent, in my opinion. Um, so I think Daniel Farkas had to adapt. And I think this season, what he is doing very, very well is he's playing to the tune of the supporters a lot better. And for that, I massively respect him. Cool. Max, do we need a cut or can we keep rolling? We're still rolling. Cool. Let's have a look ahead to next week's game then. So it's Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. What do we make of this? For me, it's an irrelevance. I hope we get knocked out. Is it something more than that for Norwich City? If you're winning, you're winning. It doesn't make any difference in what competition. But do you sacrifice first-team league players? As in, there's the potential for injury. There's potential for injury when they're playing Sheffield Wednesday or potential for injury when they're playing... But that's Brentford. in the league. So, yeah, so... It, it, yeah, naturally, I think there has to be changes just mm. just to keep things fresh, just to... Um, Norwich won't be the only club to will make changes on Tuesday night. They'll probably be playing a shadow Bournemouth team. So... Yeah. Um, but that said, if you do... If they play a shadow Bournemouth team and take... A strong side. Why can't they get suddenly? You're suddenly into what the quarterfinals of the competition. Still Arsenal, so, isn't it? Of last season. So, so, so it's while things are good, why not exactly. go 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 for it? Why not? Um, winning breeds confidence. Um, if if you beat if you're not Bournemouth out, you've knocked you've got another Premier League scalp. Um, suddenly you go oh, okay. Well, we're only a couple of games away here from from Wembley, so. Go for it, I'd say. You can't, you can't say, I don't, I don't like that from you, Yeah, Jack. I can feel a rousing sort of monologue. I don't like there. that from you, Jack. Right. I hope we go out. When it's going good, I've got to hope to go out. When it's going good, we're not a city, we'll march on, yeah? When we're in the relegation battle like Ipswich, then let's talk about wishing out the cup. But at the moment, let's keep up the good vibes and long may it continue. What I will say is, Bournemouth are in tremendous form and they look very, very potent going forwards at the moment. And I do think Norris City will struggle against them, but I don't hope we'll go out. That's a stinker from you, Sonny Jim. <laughs> How important is it, the cup for, for clubs nowadays? We, we heard when the accounts being released that the, the game against Arsenal and Chelsea last season was so vital with finances that it really helped us. Is the cup that important for teams though now? We've seen how many changes clubs are making. It just feels a bit of a bleh, kind of game for me. Well, it's the FA Cup as well. The FA Cup suddenly turned, well, not suddenly, but has slowly morphed into kind of sort of the, the League Cup as well in terms of a lot of the, the changes that, that the clubs make until they get to, you know, the, the quarterfinals or the semifinals. And you've got, oh, okay, well, we've got a chance of winning this now. So, um, yeah, if, if a, cup, a cup run, we always hear about how a cup run lifts the, lifts the area, lifts the club financially as well, it'll help. So, I think, yeah, of course, I mean, if the figures show, there's, you can't dispute the black and white figures if, if it's going to lift finances and lift the club. So, of course, it's, of course it's important. And I think it will only help kind of sort of the development and the bond as well. Um, the, the club have pulled themselves back from the brink almost yeah. of, of open revolt, I think. It could have gone a completely different way. When were we that back. close? Were we on the brink? I can only speak for myself, but I, I mean, I wasn't going to start, you know, throwing wheelie bins down St. Stephen's or anything like that. But, um, that was last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I was like, you, and I've said it before, they blew it. And, and to, to go on a cup run, well, it can only help and solidify that bond and, and, and strengthen 
what you know what they have together and that's 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 come back i think that's they, they hadn't lost it completely don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not saying that everybody was was massively unhappy they bought into what they were doing because the club engaged it the club did exceptionally well to to to, to sell the vision yeah. basically um and which they needed to do cup runs and, and and history historical moments you know you competing around the mid table which the which the Norwich might be in um, mid-December when they've got a quarter final coming up or something like that yeah the, you know those moments of what you remember as well it's, it's it's you know the Wembley Cardiff you know I was at crew in 2000, 2004 I was at Sunderland the, 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 the couple of nights before that you know I was at Portsmouth that's what I remember mm. the, cup, you know, the cup last season is what held the fans together absolutely it was also what screwed up the league form as well yeah if you look at the Arsenal game yeah but that Chelsea game I can't apart from our you know I actually single that out as one of the, the most proud moments, uh, even though we lost as a Norwich City fan, mm. because on paper we were going to get trounced. They had Eden Hazard on the pitch, yeah? And we took them to penalties, and not just financially, because the, the, the money will take care of itself, because when the momentum is, is with you and the fans believe, you start to win games of football. And that is exactly what helped happened at Chelsea last season. That was a key moment, and a watershed for Jamal Lewis, might I add, as well. That moment gave him the confidence to be the player he is today so the cup is massively important Jack. it was a, it was a glimpse of what could be possible exactly. as well exactly as a as a team going forward Hope. as well so Hope. there was no you know, tell you what that raised a couple of eyebrows i think with the performance um, and, and what they possibly could, could become right let's move on to sheffield wednesday let's preview that now okay a trip to hillsborough awaits for the canaries this saturday sheffield wednesday they've been a a strange team to watch this season, haven't they? Up and down. Yeah, I must admit, I haven't seen an awful lot of them um, this season, um, so I can't kind of sort of go into too, too, too much detail. Um, I think they lost to lost at Birmingham. Yes, Surgeon Birmingham at the weekend. Mm, yeah, um, Birmingham, as we see on the podcast. That's tell you what, they're doing exceptionally well. You know, I think it's still a little bit chaotic in the behind the scenes, but. Yeah. Uh, um, and they will get a points deduction, I'm sure. Um, mm. You know, that's obviously yet to be confirmed. But um, I think I'd, I'd be very surprised if it doesn't happen. Um, can Norwich go to, you know, beat Wednesday? Yeah, of course they can. In, 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 in the way that they're playing, they can beat anybody, arguably they can beat anybody in the league at the minute. But um, if they extend it a little bit longer, great. Jordan Rhodes can't play. Team of Pookie at the moment is still injured. Uh, might be back for the weekend. I mean, what kind of team are you, are you looking for? Will there be changes? Do you want changes? Um, I think we're ready for changes now. I think we could do with a couple. Um, I I would personally drop Stephenman. I would I would be playing Todd Cantwell in his position, and I'd be starting Hernandez one hundred percent. So Cantwell centrally, absolutely. Because um, because what Cantwell does is he, is he is he holds the ball up well, surprisingly well actually, considering his size and stature. Mm, it's the man bun. Bless him. It must be the man bun. Actually, that must be a disadvantage because you could grapple hold of a man, but I couldn't. Mm, possibly. But anyway, yes, I would play Todd, Todd centrally. Um, going forwards, though, it's anyone's guess, isn't it? Who would you start up front? Well, I, I guess the only option is Puck, isn't it, if he's, if he's fit? But what if he isn't? Well, it's Shrebeni, that's your only option. Oh my God. By the way, scenes if Shrebeni scores the winner against Wednesday. It's possible. I, what I, we have this thing, Nick, on this podcast where every player, every time we slate a player, they go on to do ridiculously well. Yeah. So feel free to slate if you want, because mm. they'll go on to deliver. 
I look at Sheffield Wednesday, if you look at their form at the moment, they're very meh, mid-table, but their form is very meh as well. They're not really doing much. But on paper, they've still got some top quality players on big Gary buttons. Hooper. On big buttons. Mm. Gary Hooper, for example. But he's, um, he's not going to play till, no. uh, till next year either. He's, he's out for a long time. I, oh, is he? I, right. think we can, I think we can do them, but I don't think we're going to do them if we stick. Because if we stick, you're going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of tired legs a lot earlier. And I think that we saw it creeping in about, against both Villa and Brentford. 70 minutes in, I want, I want the changes before. I would have liked to have seen Hernandez on 60 personally. We'll see. What is it with substitutions of Daniel Farker? He doesn't seem to like to make them. That's what I've or seen. Or being anyway. harsh. <laughs> if, if they're getting the results without making these substitutions at half-time or 60 minutes. But long-term, will that hinder us? Yeah, it's an open, it's open-ended at the minute, isn't it? You know, it'll be it'll be one with you can make wonderfully well with hindsight mm. um, and say, oh well, if if they'd maybe rotated a little bit, they they could have got eked a little bit more out. So <laughs> if it works, it works, and it, you can't criticise the re- the recent form. Um, if if he starts making them and it doesn't work, is True, well, whatever, true. You know, whatever decision you make, there's always going to be a counter-argument yeah. to, to, to <laughs> suggest otherwise. He's almost in a no-win situation because regardless of what he does, there's always people going to go, well, you know what? Maybe you could have done it that way. Maybe you could have done it that way. So, I just want it to be easy for us because Norwich fans are being made to sweat at the moment, aren't they? We always are. Yeah, but it's just it's getting to 80 minutes and we're like, we wanted Hernandez 20 minutes ago at least. I just I would like Danny Farker to help me. They never, they never seemed massively under duress yesterday, though. I didn't no, think. No, know, true. More should have scored. I was sitting in the river end for the first time in about 20 years yesterday. Um, I wondered why it was a bit lively in there. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, it, 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 was a, it was a horror miss. Yeah. It, it was, mm-hmm. it, it's one that's going to go down on, on a Christmas blooper reel. Yeah. Um, a couple of great saves by Cruel, though. Give him his credit, Nick. Yeah, the, I think the, the, the first one, not necessarily, because I think it went, it spilled. He, he could have passed it, he, he pushed it a bit too central, but possibly get it, get it away a little bit more. Um, the second recovery save, yeah, definitely. Then he got it off the hook for the, for, for the miss, and it was, I was pretty much behind the goal. It was horrendous. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if Shabrani had missed a chance like that, then everybody would be up in arms. Well, he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> Quality player, mate. And Morpay's, Morpay's been doing exceptionally well as yeah. well, so it just, it just proves anybody could fluff their lines at any, any, any point. So, um, but I never thought they were particularly under the cosh mm, true, very much. True. So, the training is clearly working. They're working hard. It's paying off in the games. Moral of the story, I guess, with that is if Remy Matthews in goal, he would have probably oh, caught it. Score prediction for, for the weekend, Sheffield Wednesday. I think we will. I think we'll win 1 0. Yeah? I think we'll win 1 0. And I think we'll nick it right at the end. Nice. Scrape it. And I, and I hope it's Todd Cantwell. Okay. Yeah. Nick, different question for you. Because I'm seeing a bit of optimism slowly growing. <laughs> Will we yeah, be promoted? Up me, guys, yeah. yeah. Will they be promoted? Yes. No. Okay. No, simple answer. <laughs> um, I can't see. I cannot see. Even with my most optimistic hat on, um, I'd, be, I'd be really surprised. I'd love it. It'd be, it'd be wonderful. Um, and arguably big, a bigger achievement than what they achieved in 2011. Yeah. Um, given how how the club has changed over the last eighteen months and needed to change over the last eighteen months, and is still undergoing change because it's not finished. Um, but will we I be? I cannot see it. I cannot see them getting promoted this season. I would. Nick, I would Nick, are we going to be Ipswich? I don't know. You don't know, do you? 
You can't, you know. Yeah, but come on, Nick. Put your Norwich City glasses on. I agree. <laughs> come on. Ask me that. Come back to me in the, in the week leading up to the back. game. We're asking you now. <laughs> they should do. Yes. They should do. Okay. And on that bombshell, that's number 65 of the TNC podcast. Over, Chris. Thank you as always, thank mate. You very much. Nick, pleasure. Thank thanks you very much. for your time. Thanks, thanks to Redwood. Well. Yeah, thanks for Redwood as well. And thanks for Max behind the camera and on the audio. Hopefully it sounds good. If it doesn't, blame Max. I'll link him in the in the, in the description below. Big thanks to Nick. Go and follow him as well. And uh, yeah, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube. We will see you next week, hopefully, after a win in the cup and also a win in the league. See you later.